Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With LuckyLandSlots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. You are listening to a Hillbilly Horror Stories classic episode. This podcast is part of the Podbelly Network. Please visit podbelly.com to see a complete listing of all of our other shows. It's about to be a fun ride. Follow along, watch as we slide. Paranormal just hit the lights. Goosebumps all through the night. Mixing just a little bit of twain. That girl sure can't do a thing. Together, hillbillies go insane. Laugh so hard it'll hurt your brain. Podcast you won't ever change. These two here, they got the recipe. Sat on back and listen in to some of our darkest mysteries, eh? Welcome to Hillbilly Horror Stories. And now here's your host. Jerry and Tracy Pauly, and their dog Ninja. 
Hey guys, welcome to episode 189 of Hillbilly Horror Stories. Hi. <laughs> I'm Sherry. <laughs> <laughs> and it's me, Tracy. How y'all doing today? Guess what? What? Chicken butt. No, just kidding. No, kidding. So we spring forward tonight. So it's going to start staying daylight longer. Woohoo! Not everybody has daylight savings time. Well, for us that do, woohoo! <laughs> all right, we want to start off obviously by thanking all of our military and civil servants all over the world, no matter which country you represent. Thank Amen. you, guys, gals, dogs, possibly other animals that are in service. Thank you for everything you do. Please, thank you, thank you, thank you for keeping us safe. We pray for you guys, and uh, just hope you guys get to come home soon. And for those of you that are here, uh, as in, in, in just in the U.S. as civil servants and stuff, I know you've had a lot of lot of rough stuff happening in the last yeah. uh, week or so, especially with the tornadoes that broke out in the South and Midwest, especially in Tennessee, Nashville area got hit really hard. Uh, a lot of casualties down there. Yeah, so sad. I know uh, there's a bunch of people from kentucky that uh, went down there to help with electric yes, and stuff like yes. that to help out and i'm sure a bunch of other states as well uh so once again that's the things that don't go um noticed most of the time and definitely don't get the appreciation they should because i know some of you people are going to pick up and leave your families and be gone for two or three or four weeks or however long it takes to get this taken care of yeah and you know we appreciate you guys and guys gosh we do that. appreciate you i wish we should just get in our car and go and try to do something i thought about that oddly enough because the sec tournament is next week in nashville yeah and i thought we could probably kill two birds with one stone by going to the tournament and then help with other stuff down there when the games weren't being played. Yeah, I would game, love that. The only games we would care about would be Kentucky anyway. Yeah. And those are 1 o'clock games. So, I mean, we could literally be done at 3 o'clock and go help somewhere for two or three days. Yeah, I think we need to do that. Absolutely. So, it's something that we'll we'll discuss. Yeah. Anyways, also, um, obviously, we like to tell everybody if they're going through a rough time to make sure that they talk to somebody, whether it be us, whether it be somebody in a group, friends, family, or the... Uh, Hotline. Yeah, the hotline number is 1-800-273-8255. And if you would rather text, it's 741-741. And we also have our group, which is so wonderful. I just still can't believe how blessed we are with them. Um, and please call uh, either Jerry or I. I don't, I don't care what time it is. If you need to talk to somebody, we're always here. So just don't forget that. And we love y'all. Yeah, we've talked to a couple of people this week already, so that's mm-hmm. uh, we're glad to be able to do that. It's don't ever think it's an inconvenience. Never. Oh my gosh. So because I know you would be there for us if we needed your help. Yep, yeah, I agree. All right. Uh, before we get into the story, I don't normally mention this beforehand, but since it's getting closer. We went and checked out the venue in Louisville yesterday. Nice little setup. This would be the best venue we've had since we've been here. It's actually got a stage, seats 125 people. They're going to be there's going to be food and mm-hmm. drinks and everything served there. This is going to be awesome. And uh, I'm not sure what the ticket situation is at Waverly Hills for that night. I know a lot of times they'll end up uh, adding a third tour later that night, but I know I believe maybe the the eight o'clock and ten o'clock may already be sold out. 
but you'd have to check on that yourself. But the show is different because it's two to six in the afternoon. And like I said, it's, uh, it's at an, a, uh, VFW post, which is the theme this year. All of our shows for the most part are going to be at VFW post or fire departments. Um, so because we love those places. Absolutely. We want, we want our money. We want your money on food and drinks to go towards helping our veterans. Yes. We want so, to do that to support them. So we went and checked the place out yesterday and, uh, just kind of made sure because we've been there back in October, but that's been a mm-hmm. while. So I want to check the stage situation, but it is such a great place. Uh, for those of you who went to Point Pleasant, uh, it's similar setup to that. So and that's pretty cool. But anyway, I just, the reason I'm saying that is because it's only what? Six weeks away? Yeah. April 25th. And if you haven't gotten your tickets, you may want to jump on that because that one, I guarantee you, it will sell out or be really close to selling out because it's for Ohio there. It's history goes bump us. The dynamic duo from We Drink and We Know Things right there in Louisville. Mm-hmm. And of course, my favorite headliner that we've ever had, which is Bishop James Long, exorcist and demonologist. And man, oh man, you've seen him on Ghost Adventures, you've seen him on Portals to Hell, you've seen him on a couple other shows in the History Channel, mm-hmm. and um, he definitely puts on a show, and you will not want to miss that, and, and like I said, he could probably sell out this place by himself. Oh, without a doubt, and you could listen to him all day long. And obviously, since he's a man of the cloth, we will have to have him show up after Brohio is on. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we did last year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So come on down, have some fun with us, and then go to Waverly with us afterwards. Yeah, I cannot wait to see you all. Oh, and once again, we are not affiliated in any way, shape, or form with Waverly Hills Sanatorium. <laughs> thank you, Tina Madeline. Yes, thank you, Tina. You yeah, we appreciate you, honey. We really do. So, Okay, let's get into the story. Did you have something you wanted to say? Um, no, I guess I was just thinking kind of my mind. Like, So if the two uh, tours are sold out at Waverly... But if there's enough people interested in it, they will do it there. No, tour. usually, usually Tina puts out an eight and a ten o'clock. Okay. And then if, if there's just a lot of, uh, as it gets a little later in the year, if there's if they're selling really well, those two time slots, she'll add another time slot. Okay. okay. Uh, but if it's not added already, it's probably you know it may get added between now and then. Mm-hmm. But if it's not added by the time that day of the show, it's not going to be added that night. I got you. So I'm just okay. saying, look up WaverlyHills.com and check the tickets, and you may find that there's a 12 o'clock. I, I haven't looked at it in at least a month. Okay. So, but eventually she'll add them. I just don't know if it'll be there before. It did last year. Last year it got added before we went. Okay. And also the other option is if you come in on Friday night, you can hit the, there's an 8 and a 10 o'clock on Friday night also. Oh, yeah, that's so right. So you could always come a day early and still go on a tour. We just won't be there. We're only going to be at the 8 o'clock tour. Mm-hmm. And that's unless I can sell my tickets to somebody else. Yeah. <laughs> <Just kidding>. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This story tonight, it's in Littlecott, Wiltshire, which is in Great Britain. There's a beautiful gabled manor house that is now a hotel. All right. It goes by Littlecott House Hotel. It's very aptly named. Everywhere you look in this place, it's just sheer beauty. It's got these well-crafted tapestries that hang all over the place. Paneling that's similar to what you would have seen in the 14th century. Ooh. And when you see how gorgeous this place is, it's hard to believe that a gruesome murder took place here in the late 1500s. Do you have a picture of that somewhere? 
The murder? No. No, the building. Yes. Oh, I can't wait to see it. So let's learn a little bit about the home itself. Little Cut sits on approximately 82 acres of land. It's a large Elizabethan country house. It has several gardens, including a beautiful walled garden mm. that's been there since right around the 1600s. How in the world they keep flowers alive like that? On a wall? <laughs> well, the wall... The flowers aren't on the wall. Oh. The wall is around the garden. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've seen flowers on wall. Well, yeah, I'm like sure you probably look. have, but that's not what this meant. It just meant it's kind no. of like inside a wall. Oh. It was built in the 1200s. It was inhabited by the de Castillon family around 12, or 1290. I always get my dates mixed up. And it's only been owned by six families in the entire time it's been in existence. Wow, that's very cool. So then a gentleman by the name of William Darrell, he married Elizabeth de Caston, and William inherited the house in 1415. Sir John Popham then bought this home in 1589. He built the brick mansion that's there now. So it's not what you see there now is not exactly the way it looked when he bought it and he kind of built it up. So we're going to stop there because our story takes place in 1575. Okay. So we went past a little bit of that, but we'll get on to a little more as we go. So let's go back to William Darrell. William Darrell left the house to his mistress by the name of Mary Daniel. Now Darrell's son, who we were referred to as Wild William Darrell from this point on, was able to get the house once he turned of age in 1560. So his dad left it to the mistress because he wasn't old enough, and then once he got old enough, he got the house. Oh. So we mentioned the next owner as John Popham, if -hmm. you remember earlier, Sir John Popham. That was Wild Williams' relative and lawyer. He'll come into play a lot more a little bit later. So let's get back to Wild Willie Darrell. He was a complete jerk, Hmm. to say the least. He spent money like it was going out of style, and at the same time, he was constantly taking neighbors to court. Okay, I have something to say. Yes. Okay, so he was spending money like it's going out of style. What the hell could he buy back in 1500? (laughs) It's not like you'd go to Walmart or Kohl's or the grocery (laughs) store. What were you spending your money on? I mean, anything you wanted that was a luxury, you could have bought... Furniture, you could have bought paintings. There were no you, cars back then. You could have bought more land. You could have bought more horses. The best the best saddles that money could buy. I mean, you could, anything. No, that's not fun. Go ahead, sorry. Anyways, pretty much all of his neighbors hated him. And for pretty good reasons. Like, one of his neighbors, Sir Walter Hungerford. That's what it is, Hungerford who was a knight of Farley, by the way, not Chris Farley, he found out that his wife was having an affair with Wild Willie. Ooh. I wonder if he has a Wild Willie. (laughs) (laughs) Sir Walter sued for a divorce. His wife, though, was acquitted. And Sir Walter was put in jail. What? (laughs) What? That's messed up. (laughs) Wild Willie also didn't... Wild Willie also didn't pay any of his debts. So not only was he spending money like it was going out, you know, yeah. he was buying stuff, but when it came to his actual debts, he wouldn't pay any of those. 
So he starts having financial problems due to, his, to this lavish lifestyle that he was having. And he decided to mortgage. So he got like three bales of hay instead of one. <laughs> lavish. So, so he he decided to mortgage Little Cut to Sir Thomas Bromley. And then he mortgaged it to Poppin. And we're going to find out a little later that there may be a little reason why he did that. So eventually he moved to London. And he spent some time in debtor prison, so he didn't get away with it. He died in 1589 while he was visiting his old home, Little Cut. Oh. So that is Wild Willie. And you're probably asking, well, what is the gruesome murder that you're talking about? Well, first of all, don't rush me. This is going somewhere, (laughs) I promise. (laughs) November 1575. It's a rainy night. A knock on the door at the residence of Mother Barnes. She was a midwife from Great Shefford. So she answers the door. It was a complete stranger. The stranger told her that a lady of quality was in need of her assistance. So Mother Barnes agreed to go help with, you know, help this woman out. Mm -hmm. So there was one stipulation from the stranger. Mother Barnes needed to be blindfolded because where they were going was a secret. So she gets to the house. She walks up X amount of steps to get to where she's going, and she's counting how many steps in her head. Oh, she don't know where she's at, but she at least is going to have Mm -hmm. some idea of how many steps it took her to get to where she's going or whatever. Mm -hmm. She gets there. She's allowed to take her blindfold off. There's a gentleman there that says he needs this baby delivered. And he will give, and he needs her to keep her mouth shut, basically. And he will give her basically a bag of of silver or gold or something for her her discretion. Yeah. She looks. She sees a lady in the bed, obviously in intense labor, and the lady though has a mask on, so she can't tell who the lady is. So this whole setup was extremely strange, but she was there to do a job, and that was to deliver a baby, and that's what she did. As soon as she had the baby in her hands, the man walked over, pretty much snatched the baby from her. He walked over to the fireplace where there was a burning fire, and he tossed (gasps) the baby into it. Jerry, stop! held the baby down with his heel of his boot until the baby was dead. Oh, my God. I did not know it was going there. I know. That's so terrible. Mother Barnes was completely mortified. She was completely horror-stricken at what she had just said. And she knew that there was probably going to be some kind of question about, where's this baby? What's happening? Because obviously this woman's pregnant. Now she's not. Where's the baby? Oh. So she decided, since she didn't know who these people was, that she was going to take her scissors and it's one of those beds that has the canopy all the way around it. You yeah. know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. She decided that she was going to cut a square little swatch of the fabric out of one of the side panels of the curtain. Okay. And she did that and held on to it right before they put the blindfold on her and took her back to her house. The lady that delivered the baby. Yes. Mother Barnes. So she's back at her house. She was scared to death for her life, 
So she did not immediately tell what was going on. Yeah. Now, she was an older woman. She didn't have long. And upon her deathbed, she made a confession, during which she told the story, and then she turned the, the swatch of fabric over... To the police? To the police. Look how smart she is. Now, she wanted to get this off her chest, and she wanted the child murderer to actually yeah. pay some kind of justice, or, you know. I don't know, like put him in the fireplace and put yeah. your feet on him until he dies? So, once word came out that this murder had happened and all this, the neighbors automatically jumped all over it. It's got to be Wild William. It has to be. That's just, he's wild, a jerk. Wild Willie? Yeah, Wild Willie. Well, it was Wild William, and then I changed it to Wild so, Willie. So, they think automatically it was him. Yeah, because who else would do such a thing? He was such a jerk. That's just what they, so they automatically said, I bet it's him. So, they go in. They arrested him. They searched the house. And during the search of the home, they found the missing square of fabric in the curtain. So, obviously, this is where she was. And it all matched up the number of steps she went up, all that. Dang, well, she is so smart. So, there there are some discrepancies, though, in this part of the story. The first discrepancy I want to talk about is I've seen most of the, most of the research I did said this. This is how it happened. Deathbed confession. There were... Or I should say there was one other article I read that said that she went to the police the very next morning and didn't wait to her deathbed. Um, so I don't know. But more more than not, said she told this on her deathbed confession. So I will just say I bet she did. I mean, because she would be scared. I mean, if she knows she's getting ready to pass, then she don't care because she's got nothing to worry about. Right. Right? But, so, I mean, but that, so that's what it says happened. But like I said, that one article said she went the very next morning. And went straight to the police with her swatch and all that stuff. But so, what if it wasn't Willie? What if there could have been somebody else in there in that house? They were all blindfolded, so they don't, they couldn't tell you, could they? Yeah, but it was Willie. It was. So anyways, here's some more discrepancies. So some say that Willie was charged and acquitted by the judge, which was his friend, his relative, his lawyer. Sir John Popham. And that sell of Little Cut to Sir John Popham was the bribe for getting him off. Oh. Now, there's another thing also that says Wild Willie was getting into so much debt problems mm-hmm. that he signed the home over to Sir John Popham so the creditors couldn't take it from him. And uh, so it was out of his name. So yeah. He did sign it over to John Popham, but he either signed it over to him so debtors couldn't take it from him or to get him off from this deal. Well, I was going to say, because I would say you would probably get death the penalty from doing that and he wouldn't have to worry about the house. Probably so. But this couldn't be the case because Sir Popham did eventually become a judge, but it was not until after Wild Willie had died and apparently Wild William was never charged or tried for this case, according to record. What'd he die from? We're getting to that. 
So another question that's debated over the, the centuries was who was the mother of the child? This is a tough one because Wild Willie had several women that he had affairs with. Some single, some married. Some say it was the wife of Sir Henry Nevitt. Some say that it may even be Mrs. Bronham. We talked about Mr. Bronham earlier. Uh And he was one of the owners of the home that he sold it to right before Popham. There's another story, though, that says it may have been his own sister. Now, I don't know if that means... Do you mean his sister that had the baby? Yes. Oh. But I don't know if that means he was the father of the baby. (gasps) Or if that just meant it was his sister. But I took it as he was the father of his sister's baby. Oh, that is terrible. So, But that's just speculation. I'm not sure we're ever really going to know, to be honest with you. Now, as far as paranormal activity goes, the ghost of the mother regardless of who she is, is said to walk up and down the hallway and she's seen in several rooms of Little Cut. She walks around in a pink nightdress carrying the murdered baby in her arm. Oh, that's so depressing. There's also a blood stain that they say that appears in that same room where the, where the murder took place. Uh, people also say that they've heard screaming coming from all over the house in the very early morning hours probably wondering about the baby's ghost or if there is a baby's ghost and we're gonna get into a lots more of the paranormal activity but we will start with this in 1589 we told you that wild willie died while he was visiting mm-hmm. back there at the home but what we didn't tell you was how it happened so he was riding his horse and he took a very nasty fall breaking his neck Killing him instantly. Oh God! The legend is that the ghost of the of the of the murdered baby appeared before him, spooking his horse and causing the horse to throw him from the from the uh, saddle. Well, he deserves it. I hate to say that, but I just don't understand how you can do that to an innocent little child and all that stuff. So I agree. So this took place in a section of the estate known as Little Cut Park. And this happened by a gate that that gate today is still known as Daryl Style. And it's said that uh, you can often see Wild Willie's ghost hanging out around there. All right, so let's talk about a few other encounters in the property. Popham owned the house until 1929. That's when Sir Ernest Wills bought the house. Lady Wills, she loved the home right off the bat. She felt that there was some type of beautiful energy that was there. And she said that though many people who visited had negative experiences. But she never really had. she never had one. What she would consider to be a negative experience. She did have some experiences. Uh, One particular night, she was in in her bedroom. And she heard footsteps coming up, up the hall. And they stopped in her room. So she assumed that it was her husband. And he was... Come getting ready to walk into the room at any point, but she said nobody walked in. So she opened the door, and there was nobody there. She told her mom about this, and her mom wasn't surprised because mom had heard those same footsteps on several occasions while she was visiting. Now, she didn't tell her daughter that she had heard these footsteps because she didn't want her to be scared. Yeah. In fact, she said she told her not to worry about it. But mom had a few other encounters of her own, And uh, she knew that there was something in the house 
she wasn't exactly sure what it was. Mm-hmm. One night, her mom was in the bed. She was reading. She said she looked up from the book, and there was a woman standing at the foot of her bed, and the woman was holding what appeared to be a baby over her shoulder. They kind of stared at each other for a few seconds, and she said that the spirit had a look of calmness come over her face, and then she just kind of faded away. Then you had a member of the staff in the 1980s that said that she was at the bottom of the, of the Catalina staircase. Apparently, they name all the staircases in this. You'll see later. Oh, that's kind of neat. But she was at the bottom of the Catalina staircase when she saw the apparition of a woman just kind of glide across the landing right there at the Midway Park. She said she was young with light-colored hair, and her hair flowed in the wind behind her Beautiful. as she crossed. In 1985, Peter DeSalary actually <laughs> bought the home and all of the contents. Mm-hmm. I know you're probably thinking about that commercial. <laughs> I am. <laughs> Solary. <laughs> Peter, Peter knew that the house had a haunted reputation, but he was not a believer in ghosts or the paranormal, so he... Just didn't let it stop him from buying the place. And that's what he did. So his plan was to auction off all the contents of the house. On 9 a.m., the day of the auction, Peter was headed to one of the gardens so they could start the auction. So he walks, you know, down the hall and he spots a woman walking towards him. He said he remembers that she was wearing a modern country clothing, but also remembers thinking, what room did she come out of? Yeah. Because she just kind of appeared. So she looked directly into his eyes and said, you are a very evil and wicked man. She said that to him? Yes. He said he was totally caught off guard and said, I beg your pardon? What do you mean? She said, you have taken my baby's things. There was a wooden box in a chapel. That belonged to my son and you have taken them away to be sold. He said she stared at him again without flinching. Well, he probably didn't realize that he was doing that. I'm sure. She then said, please put them back in the chapel. She was well, very she firm. Said, well, she said, please. If you don't, you and your family will be cursed and damned forever in this house. Okay, that's a little extreme. So Peter, still stunned, said, well, I guess I can go try to find them. Then the woman said, if you do put them back, you and your family will be blessed forever. Nice. So at that point, she smiled and just vanished right in front of his eyes. Peter was extremely perturbed. I mean, he was scared. He was shaking. He immediately went to go find the uh, the box, and he did actually find it pretty quickly. He opened it, and inside was some baby's clothes, and he knew that he had been talking to Aww. a ghost that happened to be the mom of whoever this baby was. Well, thank goodness he found him. What if somebody bought it already? Well, they hadn't started the auction yet. That's oh, where he was going. Oh, good. So he took the box back to the chapel. He put it on a window ledge, which is where he had gotten it from mm-hmm. before. Mm-hmm. And he said a prayer. And then he went to the auction and told him that they could go ahead and start. And, uh, well, they went to the auctioneer. Not the, uh, mm-hmm. well, still. Yeah. He went to the auctioneer and then told him they could start. Peter... Ended up selling the home down the road to some famous hoteliers about 10 years later in 1995, which is the Warner Hotel Group. And he decided, uh, Warner decided that they were going to leave the box right where it was. And it's my understanding that it is still there today. No on way. that ledge in the chapel some, you know, almost 20 years later. 
That is so nice. There's another story that involves Peter Sheff. He was cooking one night, and he saw a woman go into the middle room just past the kitchen. Now, he, is, he and his assistant Mary were the only ones that were in this area of the home at the time. So he assumed that it was Mary. Mary was working at the sink. And he yells over to, the, to Mary, where did you go? Why did you leave the kitchen? She said, I haven't left the kitchen. And the chef said he kind of already knew this to be true because there was only one way in and one way out of the kitchen. And he, she would have had to walk right past oh, him yeah. to be able to do that. And he said he knows he saw a ghost that day. Then you got the butler. On one occasion, he said that he was setting the dining room table. And the only other person in the home had went to the basement. He hears footsteps, very loud creaking from these wooden floors upstairs. And he ran upstairs real quick to check it out, see what was going on. He said all the rooms were completely empty. No one was there. A year later, he was checking out the attic on a Saturday night. He was coming down on the Jerusalem staircase, which he said he had been up and down at least a hundred times in his tenure there. He was halfway down the staircase when he crashed into the wall. He broke his ribs, collarbone, and his shoulder. Mm. He said he has no clue what happened. He didn't slip. He didn't fall. He wasn't pushed. He just knows that he was instantly slammed into the wall. And he said, this isn't an evil house, but something that day Sure was. And that's the end of our story. So the house is still standing? Oh, yeah. It's still a hotel. Very cool. So overall, what did you think of the story? I thought it was really great, except for stupid Willie. (laughs) And except for the baby part. That was terrible. But it was very interesting. Ninja, you have something to say? You sure act like you're getting ready to say something. (laughs) (laughs) No, it was a good story. I mean, terrible things happen, but at least, you know, the place is still standing. Sorry, Ninja's being extra needy tonight. (laughs) All right, so we talked about the Louisville show earlier. Uh, Of course, you can get tickets for that and all of our shows at hillbillyhorrorstories.com. It's the easiest place. Just go to the live events page. You can see all the events we got going on. Of course, we got, you know, Gettysburg, Savannah, Charleston, Pigeon Forge. The Pigeon Forge show is our next hot seller because Louisville's, Louisville sold the most tickets. Pigeon Forge is right there. Bobby Mackey's, we've sold a, a couple of those in the last couple of mm-hmm. days. Uh, Indianapolis, which is uh, also going to have a similar lineup yeah. to what Louisville is. The only difference will be History Goes Bump will not be at that one, but Justin Rimmel from Mysterious <laughs> Circumstances will be. So, Tracy, what do we got uh, Patreon and iTunes review-wise? Review okay, our iTunes reviews um, came from this week is C Keys 88, VL ModCon, Miss Andrea. Chase's Mac, Crystal B. Corner, Housewife124, Poontang11, (laughs) (laughs) California Lad, and Jason B. Thank you guys. Your reviews were so awesome. Always makes us feel great, and we're glad that you guys love the show. So thank you for letting us know that. And then our Patreons this week was Megan Manahan, Megan Arnett, and shoes 
booze, and tattoos. Miss Jessica, that's thank our you so girl much. Jessica. Thank you guys for your patronage and supporting and just listening and all that fun stuff. It means the world to us. And we can't wait to see y'all at the shows. Yep. And of course, uh, Shoes, Booze, and Tattoos is one of our favorite shows. Yes. And um, I, I believe, I'll double check, but I think Jessica and her mother are coming to the Little Show as well. Well, good, good. Her mother's a little sweetheart. So yeah. we look forward to seeing them. All right, guys. That's going to wrap it up for this week. Have a blessed week, guys. Spring is in the air. The flowers will be blooming. Praise the Lord. <laughs> and the live shows will be starting up. I know. We're very excited for everything that's upcoming. So you guys have a blessed week. All right. Thank you so much. Love you guys.